Today, we're talking all about characters and how to bring your 2D characters into 3D life. Welcome to Writing on the Fly, a podcast for writers by a writer. I'm figuring out this writing thing as I go, and I'm bringing you along for the ride. I believe anybody can write, and the world needs your story. Writer, and welcome to another episode of Writing on the Fly. If you are listening to this, you know that it's Friday, um, and that's when this episode is being released, and normally my episodes release on Monday, so I'm sorry about that. I have actually been sick all week. You can probably hear that my voice sounds a little off. Um, my baby got sick over the weekend, and like all children who love to share, he decided to share his illness with me, and now we're both feeling way better. I just sound a little worse than I feel, I think, uh, because it's been super windy in Vegas, which is triggering up all my allergies because I'm allergic to everything outside. So we're just going to roll with it. So today, though, we're talking about characters and how to make our characters seem more real, more relatable. I use the phrase, bring them to 3D life. Um, so this is actually going to be a super quick episode. Um, I just want to, I want this to be like a learning one. I give you the three tips and I want you to go and act them. So I'm even going to give you a writing prompt. And then also it, go check out the show notes because I'm putting in a little freebie called This or That, which is like a character creator thing where you get to pick like this or that for your characters, which I love them because it really helps me learn more about my characters. So before I jump into my tips, though, I do want to say one of the best things I've ever done for my writing is to start creating character profiles as I create my characters and as I write. So as I'm writing and as I give them a little bit of a backstory or as I give them more characteristics or whatever, I go back to my character profile and I'll add it so that if I'm like, oh, wait, what color did I make her eyes? Or, oh, wait, what what did I decide about this thing about her parents? I can go back to my character profile and find it right there so that I'm never scrolling through my Word document trying to find the one sentence of information in between a scene. So um, that, that actually used to happen a lot. I used to change the eye color of my characters a lot. Um, I also changed the hair color of my characters a lot. And I would be rereading my stories and then I would look and be like, okay, why does he have brown hair in this one and black hair in this next scene on this page and then black hair on this other page? And it was very hard for me to keep up sometimes. So I started creating character profiles, so I always had a reference point as I write my book. Because once you get to like 70,000 words, that's a lot to scroll through just to find the one little sentence that gives you what you're looking for. Whereas if you have a character profile, it's like one page right there, boom, and you just look at it. So when you're creating characters, always, always, always have a character profile um, and put all your character stuff there. First name, last name, middle name, birthdays ages, age at the start of this book, big life events that happened and what age those happened in. Um, I try to also, when I plan out birthdays and I plan out ages, I try to think of what year my book is being written in, like what year is in my book. So that when I say, oh, and she was seven, I'm like, okay, so that when she was seven, she was probably, it was probably like 
late 90s. So therefore, because this book was written in 2019 or whatever have you. Does that make sense? Well, you're not here to tell me if it does or not. So hopefully it does. But now the three tips for writing not flat characters. Because when we write, and I've, I've even encountered this a lot. You have like the character who can just like do no wrong. She's like a perfect little Polly. She says the right things at the right time. Everyone loves her. And people who are mean to her, you're like, oh, that's not right. And like you feel outraged and justified at your anger and hatred for this other character for being unnecessarily rude to your character that you're reading about. Sorry. And you don't want them to be perfect Polly's or like when you write guys who are like Prince Charming's perfect Prince Charming's. I just want to remind you guys, people like guys who treat girls right, and it's a huge, like, the bad boy trope who, like, meets the right girl and treats her right and starts moving mountains for her is one of my favorite. Like, I love that, like, bad boy turned good for the one girl because she totally rocked his world. Um, I It's one of my favorite. I love it, but I will point out girls like bad boys for a reason, and there's a reason why, like, the flawed boys went out over the good guys. Um, especially like in books, like you see like the tatted up guys more than you see like the clean cut shaven guys, which is actually really stupid because just because you have two tattoos does not mean that you're like a bad guy or like a bad boy. I, I like, I don't want to call them boys, but saying bad guy makes it sound like I'm talking about criminals. <laughs> so I'm kind of torn on phraseology here. Um, but girls like bad boys, but there's always like this like mental association that a bad boy equals tatted up worse clean shaven equals like not good or like too good like too holy or too whatever and I don't understand that because um I know both sides of the aisle personally I know tatted up guys who are like the sweetest guys I've ever met and I know clean shaven guys who are the biggest d-bags I've ever met um and like vice versa like I feel like our outer appearance really has nothing to do with what's on the inside um so just something to think about. Um, it's okay to break stereotypes, but I do want to point out that um, Prince Charming is great in fairy tales. Prince Charming is great for Cinderella. Prince Charming is great for Snow White. Um, but you'll also notice when I talk about these stories like Cinderella and Snow White, um, how much screen time <laughs> does Prince Charming actually get? So when you're creating your characters, just think about things about like the reason why the tatted out the tatted up boy who has to go through this whole process of learning what love is or, you know, breaking out of his old habit ways. There's the reason I believe that the reason why those sell more than like the clean guy who has his life together and knows what he wants is because the flawed guy has, is more relatable. It's more realistic. Um, you know, we all have our issues, right? So that's what I'm going to say about there. All these metaphors (laughs) exist for a reason. Um, The metaphors like good guys finish last and, you know, all the girls of a bad boy or whatever. They exist for a reason. I'm not saying it's a perfect system. I'm not saying it's even a good reason these metaphors exist. Um, But you don't want overly nice guys or girls who fit into every box thrown their way. Um... Characters need spice. They need edges. They need to be able to stretch. So let here's my quick three tips to bring your characters to life. That is in a relate. That's more relatable. That is more 
let that's less perfect poly and more I, I want to say like average, but you know, average Joe, because even if we get our characters from perfect to average, at least then we're more relatable as average than we are as perfect because nobody's perfect. We all like to think we are. We all like to try to be, but that's a race we're never going to win. We'll never reach perfection. Therefore, let's tap out now. So back to writing characters and let's get there. So number one, give them a quirk. I'm not talking about something that everybody finds endearing and adorable. Give them something that most would find annoying. Give them a quirk that is constantly talked about or they're constantly talked about as if they need to fix it. Um, For example, I was always told I was a loud person and I couldn't whisper if I tried. I was constantly asked if I had an inside voice. Um, Quirks are quirks, but they're tolerable to the general population. So while I was a loud person, well, I I shouldn't say was, I am a loud person. Like it's still a thing today. I am a loud person. Uh, I have learned how to adjust my voice for situations. However, I do find that like I'll be talking and I think I'm whispering and then so I'll be like, Ashley, lower your voice. I'll be like, what? And then they're like, lower your voice. I'm like, oh, my bad. Because I didn't realize how loud I was talking. It's a quirk. I'm loud. But my whole life, someone's been telling me, hey, learn to whisper. Hey, use your inside voice. Hey, 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 do all these things. Constantly being talked about to me. But it's still tolerable. Like, there are people who probably don't like me on the uh, area that I am a loud person and it's just too much. But as a generality, it's tolerable, but it's still a quirk. It's still something about me that, you know, isn't everybody's favorite. Um, and I still sometimes they're like, I get asked, like, do you have to be so loud? And do I have to be? Probably not, but I don't know how to not be. (laughs) Like, this is kind of just the way I am. I do work on it, though. Like, I do try to, like, you know, lower my voice and not always be so loud, but sometimes I'm really loud. So uh, another another person I think about is Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Uh, You can also think about Phoebe from Friends. They all have quirks. Uh, Sheldon especially is constantly told how quirky he is. And his all quirks are seen as annoying and very um, domineering and, you know, ruining his friend's lives. So think about, like, you don't need to give your character a quirk that's going to ruin their friend's lives, but just think of something that's actually, like, could be seen as a negative, but, like, with the right person, it's actually a positive. Um, One of those things. Um, Because for me, once I started surrounding myself with people who, like, weren't constantly asking me to lower my voice or they actually thought it was okay that I was loud or they just like loved me despite of it. People stopped asking me to stop being so loud. So that's like something I've had to learn is like not everyone's going to be my person. Not everyone's going to, you know, want to be my friend and I don't have to make everybody happy. So that's something our characters have to learn too. Like we can't put what we've already learned into our characters before the story starts. Like they have to walk their own journey. So give them a quirk. Um, the cool thing about quirks is kind of like what I'm talking about right here is they can help with storylines and plot development because it's something your character will learn. Number two, give them something to hate and then make them encounter it. Whether it's a fear of heights or a spider, give them something to hate and put them in the same area of it as it and find out what happens. Now, when I say give them something to hate, I mean like it can't just be like, oh, I don't like salads, so I don't eat salads. Like, it needs to be something, like, that 
I don't want to say like debilitating or, um, you know, like fatal. I'm just saying like give them something they hate that they don't like. That's like a, a big thing for them. Like encountering it causes a problem or cause it, or like encountering it causes a conversation. Encountering it causes something. Um, Everybody likes things, and most people stick to things that we like and things that we see. Um, and we stick to the things that we see and we like that make us happy, which is good. Like, we should not purposefully always put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. However, with characters and in stories, the uncomfortable is where we see realness. The uncomfortable is where there's room for growth. Um, and that, like encountering things you hate can um help with storylines also but then also just help with character growth which I've already said but encountering things they hate can also um just be kind of like I don't know I I think of like things something they hate and they encounter it like I just right now I'm envisioning like a character who hates spiders running into a spider and then a guy killing it oh hey hello knight in shining armor <laughs> So things like that, just give them something they hate and make them encounter it. Um, even if you don't put the actual scene in the book, you can always at least know what would happen. Um, this is kind of like one of those things that you do just to know more about your character, to see how they react to things, like their fight or flight. Um, but you don't necessarily have to put in the story. It's just more for you to know more about your character. Uh, number three, fatal flaw. They need flaws. Real people have flaws, but give your character a big one, one that's a crutch, one that is all that's something they always fall back on. Um, think about the guy who would like sleep around or like just be into hookups before you know they met the main character, like the main female love interest of the story, and then it's like, oh my gosh, this is what a relationship is. Oh my gosh, I love you. Like the girl totally rocks his world. And then the relationship starts having pressure, it gets rocky, there's a fight. So he immediately like goes back into hooking up and he's just like, no, I'm done. And just like goes back into hooking up. The moment the relationship got rocky, he went back to hooking up. So think of a flaw that's like bred into your character for most of their life, a flaw that came from a hard lesson, a flaw that is designed to protect your character in their own mind. These types of flaws always help characters be more relatable because everybody has a flaw like this. We all have flaws from our traumas and our experiences that shape who we are. And these flaws are growing points too, so it can help with storylines. But they need like a fatal flaw, something they always fall back on, something that they're like, okay, I realize this is unhealthy and I probably need to work on it, but right now it's keeping me safe. So, uh, awkward. So, um, I don't know why I keep using like the bad guy in the sleeping around example throughout this episode. Sorry, that's just what comes to mind with this. But there are a whole bunch of others, like um, in The Hunt for Christmas, Avery did not believe in relationships and did not ever do them. And so when she heard this whole conversation happen at her job in French, and then this girl came in talking to the guy she liked, and she doesn't understand French. So first of all, she's just sitting there confused as everyone's talking French around her, and she kind of knows it's about her. But then this girl comes in, starts talking to French at Hunter, in French, to Hunter, and then Hunter responds in, in key phrases in English and one's like, oh, she's not my girlfriend. She completely runs. And it's just like, peace out, Girl Scout. I'm not doing this. So that was her fatal flaw. She just constantly ran back to, no, no relationships. I can't get hurt that way. 
So that's just um, a little real life example for one of my characters. So these are my top three tips for creating fully fleshed out characters. One, give them a quirk. Two, give them something they hate and make them encounter it. Three, give them a fatal flaw. And I'm also including a freebie in the show notes. And it's going to be called This or That. And it's just a little, you pick this or that for your characters. And it's just a little fun exercise to help you get to know your characters better. And that will be in the show notes. Now, for your writing prompt. Fireworks. Write a scene involving fireworks. And that's all I have for you today, writer. Catch you next time. Bye.